How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Welcome to another episode of Football 24-7 with John McMullen. I'm Tony DeShields, the second year host, and we have a lot to talk about today. We have some developments, not just on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, but also on the defensive side of the ball. I was doing some reading, John, and uh, it was a little, ex- you know, it got a little exciting today, man. It got a little chippy, got really physical. Yeah, well, I mean, no pads on, remember, so you can only get so physical. There are certain guys, you know, A.J. Brown's one of them who's a very physical guy, and they can sort of body themselves and and do certain things. But I'll leave the physical talk for when the pads come on, because that's when the really, really physical guys tend to show up. And usually that starts with the offensive line for the Eagles. So. You know, the defense sort of won the day again, so the defense has been ahead of the offense, which is typically the way it is in the NFL in most cities Okay, early in the summer. Um, with the Eagles, you know, I wouldn't get too alarmed because when those pads do come on, that's when the Jordan Mailatas and the, and the Lane Johnsons and the Jason Kelseys can start to impose their will a little bit. It becomes a little bit more difficult for the defense. So, um, it, you know, it, 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 it's a positive from the defensive side, though, because that's the side I was talking about this today. You know, the Eagles don't have many changes on the offensive side. They added A.J. Brown. Pretty much everybody else is – been here now Isaac Sayamalo's returning from an injury but everybody's been here whereas the defense the defense is the part that has all the the moving parts um all the changes and so the fact that they played pretty well early I think that's that's a good sign for the defense okay so what were some of the key observations for uh, for you today uh if you really put it into perspective um, based off everything that I've read, you know, the defense, you know, made some plays, you know, the offense has some, you know, has some moments where they shine, but overall defense ruled the day. What are some things that you noticed uh, specifically make uh, were some players that st- uh, stood out to you that made some big plays? Uh, James Bradbury was the one who stood out to me today. He was tremendous. He was tremendous in, in uh, one-on-one drills, receivers against defensive backs and, you know, he was dealing with A.J. Brown, and he was locked down in coverage. Um, in team drills, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Hurts tried to go deep to Devontae, and James Bradbury was right there. Um, he had a great day. Uh, he got my practice game ball. The Jacob Sports practice uh, training camp game ball went to James Bradbury today. So that's three for three uh, defenders, Marcus Epps, practice one, Davion Taylor practice two, um, and, and James Bradbury today. Uh, I'd be pretty excited if I were an Eagles fan thinking about Darius Slay and James Bradbury because, um, and Avante Maddox, because Avante made a heck of a play, um, on, uh, Friday, uh, great interception. That is a heck of a trio of cornerbacks and, the Eagles haven't had that kind of talent at quarterback cornerback for a very, very long time. Yeah, the the guys you think about when you go back into the Eagles history, you think about Lito Shepard, you think about guys like Sheldon Brown, uh, you know, uh, Trey, um, uh, Vincent. You know, it's 
you know, you you can really just go deep into the Philadelphia Eagles Rolodex, and we had good we had good cornerback play, and then we went through a span of having guys like Ronald Darby, who was rather inconsistent. Uh, Sidney Jones couldn't really uh, get over the hump. Jalen Mills was, was someone who was, you know, you know, a fan favorite. He well, he was liked, well liked by the staff, but the fans really didn't like his style. Very aggressive, someone who was who got beat yeah, rare. On, on the it's rare. Eight. You bring up Jalen Mills. Okay. Jalen was. A competent guy. Uh, Sometimes too confident, right? Well, not from my perspective. I mean, I, I, you know, from the fans' perspective, obviously, but I like a guy like that. I, that's why the coaching staff liked him. Um, cornerbacks, they need to have a short memory. They need to have a very short memory. And if you're not competent, you're not going to be a good, good cornerback. Slay is the most competent person in the world. Um, <laughs> But he also backs it up with top level play. So, um, yeah, I, I give me a competent corner cornerback all day long. Uh, I don't want the shrinking violet at cornerback. That that is not the position for a guy who doesn't have confidence. So, speaking of confidence, who do you believe has the most confidence out there right now? Uh, right there in training camp, you know, guys are making plays and guys have a lot riding on this. There are some guys who need to make this roster you know they need that paycheck uh, there's some guys and you know their position is pretty much secured so who has shown you the most confidence through training camp you know who's playing as if you know they're i guess you'll say they're playing free a lot of guys on defense <laughs> that, that <laughs> offense um you know you don't worry about the offensive line you don't worry about aj brown you don't worry about Devontae smith he's so talented um, I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're through three practices tone. I, I can't other than, uh, the first practice, which was a ton of red zone work. There hasn't been a lot of splash plays from the first team offense. Um, today, Are you concerned? no, no, from what I said, I mean, um, you know, the offensive line sort of isn't part of this until the pads come on. I'm not, you know, obviously they're out there, they're working. Um, there's some physicality. Um, but I, I mean, that's a position that is about contact and it's about imposing your will. Um, and they can do that uh, when those pads come on. So I'm not concerned about that. I, you know, if you're looking at seven on seven drills, it's been a little bit disappointing. Um, but isn't offense supposed to thrive in seven on seven drills? Yeah. Well, that's why it's disappointing. Yeah, it is supposed to uh, thrive. So what's um, been the disconnect um, so far? Uh, I know we had. Well, I know the Eagles had a pretty, a pretty successful day one on offense. And that led people to believe that the offense may be ahead of the defense, but the defense, you know, picked up their slack these past few days. And it, yeah, it begs I the question, what, what's the, go ahead. I don't know if it was that good on day one. They were just doing a lot of red zone work. So when all you're doing is red zone work, there's going to be some touchdowns. I mean, you're in the red zone. There's going to be some touchdowns and, people sort of equate those touchdowns with big plays. Well, you know, if you're going the length of the field, a seven-yard pass into the end zone is just 
you know, you start at the 25, you're at the 32. Um, it's not necessarily a big play if you if you if you get where I'm going. So they were in scoring position the entire practice on day one, and they scored some touchdowns, and people got excited by it. Last two days, they haven't uh, done red zone work. They, today was a big third down day. Um, third and long, third and short. Third and everything. Third and three, third and five, third and seven, third and 11. They closed. They basically closed with a competitive period on third downs. And they started each group. The first team got a third and three, a third and five, a third and seven. Um, then I think it was third and 11, but something of that nature. Uh, first team failed miserably. Uh, second team had a couple conversions. Um, but wasn't great either, and the third team failed. Quarterback play has been bad. So, and and by quarterback play, I not only mean Jalen Hurts. I mean Gardner Minshew. I mean Reed Sinnett. I mean Carson Strong got an opportunity in developmental period. He was terrible today. Um, quarterback play has been bad. When quarterback play is bad, it's tough to succeed. So that's kind of where it's been to this point. Um, and you know, hopefully it improves. I mean, it has no choice but to improve. There's a lot riding on this season, right? Uh, you know, these guys, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, I hear Andre Shashere, you know, made their days a living hell these past couple of days. Yeah. Well, uh, Andre got an interception again today. You know, it's it's the bigger themes to me. I think I said it um, probably a couple days ago. But, you know, Jalen was able to roll right and make a big play. Um, he was able to um, do a read option and get out uh, and make a big play in the running game. These are things we know he can do. We know we've already seen it. What we want to see improvement on, what what did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do in the playoffs? They funneled him left because he's not comfortable moving out of the pocket to his left. Today, that that saturate pass, he was rolling out to his left. He was waiting, he was waiting, he was waiting. Who would he, tar- he who was he targeting? I believe it was Dallas Goddard. And when I say I believe it was Dallas Goddard, wasn't all that clear. He threw across his body in the middle of the field. My no-no. You're taught from day one. What are you taught from day one as a quarterback? Don't throw across your body to the middle of the field. Now people see Patrick Mahomes do it, and they see Aaron Rodgers do it, and occasionally it's successful. But that's sort of – I've always compared it to Steph Curry taking a 35 foot. I wasn't, I was thinking about that. That's the first thing I say it all the time. If you're a a youth basketball coach, I always, I always, if you're a youth basketball coach, you hate Steph Curry. You hate Steph Curry. (laughs) Because every kid watches Steph Curry. So I want to be Steph Curry. Well, you can't be Steph Curry. You're not going to take 35 footers. That's a disastrous shot or, Everybody but one or two people in the world. And then you say, Steph Curry, go take it. Everybody else, don't dare do that. 
Um, same thing with Patrick Mahomes. All right, he might be able to make a throw like that, but you can't make a throw like that, so don't attempt to make a throw like that. Um, Jalen threw across his body. Should have threw it away. Should have threw it out of bounds. Um, should have just lived to play another down. Now, the good part, it's training camp. It doesn't matter. You go to the next rep. You try some things, whatever, like a spring training pitcher. But I brought it up Marcus Epps, the Marcus Epps interception in practice one. That was a, a late throw. And these are the types of things you want to see improvement on. Didn't that ball go to Dallas Goddard as well? Yeah. So, so did uh, the Avante Maddox interception. So um, that's three in interceptions going. So that's three interceptions that went and got her to. Well, that was the ball was intended for Goddard, and that's three interceptions. Am I correct? Yes. Uh, but is this something to be said about that? Well, there's nothing to be said from Dallas's standpoint. Of course. Because Dallas was open on the Epps interception. The ball came out late. He enabled the, the safety um, to undercut it because he threw the football late. Uh, with the Bonte, uh, he baited Jalen, uh, knew what was coming. We got to talk. Dallas Goddard said it. Uh, we got to talk to Avante. He said it today. Um, he saw what was coming and he baited the quarterback. And today it was just throwing the football over the middle of the field, going to his left, a poor decision. What, what you can say is when, when Jalen, Forces the football, he usually forces it to Dallas Goddard because he's more comfortable throwing to Dallas Goddard than anybody else. Um, that might change. You know, he's very close to A.J. Brown off the field. But last year, by the end of last year, he was most comfortable throwing the football to Dallas Goddard. So when he does force the ball, he usually forces it to, to Dallas Goddard. Understood. Now, these mistakes he's having, are they mainly in the shorter routes, the intermediate, the deep balls? Uh, where do you believe most of his mistakes have occurred? Was it were they outside the numbers uh, in the middle? Were they inside the numbers in the middle of the field? Um, have, were you able? Have you been able to track exactly where these mistakes have been happening? It's usually intermediate, um, outside the numbers. Um, the 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 interceptions. Um, in the end zone and the the Maddox one was on the sidelines on a corner route um, today it was as I said through across his body so that was that's just a bad decision I mean you could sort of he probably knew that as soon as he let go of the let go of the ball the other two were um you know, one should have been a touchdown. Um, the other, he he forced it into Dallas Goddard, but he, he he's typically not comfortable throwing the football in the middle of the field. We've seen his passing charts. Um, I always joke that they should be sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts because <laughs> there's a big there's a big hole in the middle, and um. There shouldn't be when you have Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown, but he's not comfortable throwing the football in the middle of the field. The outside stuff, that that's about 
that's about being on time. If you're going to throw the football on an out route, say 10, 15 yards, that ball's got to be out. That's got to be out in the NFL. On Is he time. still not trusting what he sees? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. He's got one of the the, the longest uh, release times um, from a poor perspective. Uh, takes more time than uh, just about any quarterback in the NFL to get the ball out. And, you know, that's about not trusting what you see. There's no other way to frame that. So do we, you know, see, this is where the, this is where things get a little fishy for me because you expect the guy, you know, the expectation is that he's, he's working to clean up a lot of these bad habits. And I guess that, speaks to the expectations of the fan. A lot of fans have high expectations for Jalen Hurst to take this, this quote unquote leap. And, you know, I'll admit, you know, I'm, I believe he will improve. My biggest concern is how much, and just based off what I've been hearing thus far, it doesn't really seem like too much. Well, three practices of three practices. I I'm not concerned about the floor. Um, he's a good player. He's a good player. Now he's a he's a unique player. Um, he's good because of other things that we don't typically talk about with quarterbacks. Uh, his running ability, um, his plus one impact on the running game as a whole, uh, his ability to shake off. Like that Giants game last year was the worst game he played uh, last season when the Eagles lost to the Giants. That was the worst game he played. They still should have won the game. They had no right to win the game because of how poorly the quarterback played. However, he was still fighting and clawing in the fourth quarter, and he put the Eagles in a position to win the game. Um, and and we know the Jalen Rager two drops. So that's the game I'm talking about. Now, most quarterbacks – if they play like that for three and a half quarters, they're done mentally. They checked out. That game's over. Uh, you lose. Jalen Hurts is always coming. He's always, in other words, you can play 55 minutes of good football, and he's still coming with five minutes left. Um, and that's what he almost did to the Giants if Jalen Rager could have caught the football. Played a terrible game, but made enough plays to put you in a position to win. Same thing kind of happened in Carolina. He played a terrible game there and kept fighting and fighting and fighting and was able to make a play here, a play there, and put the Eagles in a position to win. All that stuff is tremendously positive. Um, the hope was that the other stuff, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave everybody a blueprint for how to play Jalen Hurts. Everybody in this league has that blueprint now. Force him left. Force him left. Do not let him out of the pocket to his right. Force him left. Now, you might not have the talent to in, – in, to, to utilize that type of game plan, you might not have Vita Bea, who 
you know, was blowing up offensive lines, you might not have two linebackers that can run from sideline to sideline right. and, and contain Jalen Hurts. Um, so a lot of teams can't implement it, but they're, they're going to try. They're going to try, and Jalen's going to have to adjust to it. And look, it's three days. It's not even August. But all we can do is report on what we see. And the first three days, from an offensive perspective, have not been good for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jason Kelsey admitted it. Nick Sirianni admitted it today. Uh, and he'll admit it the next time we talk to him. They haven't been good from an offensive perspective. It's not the end of the world. You know, as I said, they don't even have the pads on yet. When the pads come on, the offensive line comes into it. Yeah, and, and to your point, right, you – you're one. Of, you're one of the people who says Jalen Hurts is not a practice player. Not no, by no stretch, not a practice player at all. Um, he, you know, you blow plays dead in practice because you want to protect the quarterback. And one of his, not one of his, his biggest strength is his ability to extend plays. Um, you can't do that in practice. So something gets blown dead in practice, it might be a big play in a real game because they're not going to blow it dead, and he might extend that play and make a big play. Yeah, you know Jalen Hurts, he's he has to continue to you know put his you know put the best foot forward, and I I don't expect any less from a guy like Jalen Hurts. Like you said, he's going to continue to you know come at you with every with everything he has, uh, even if it's practice, training camp, OTAs, a real game, preseason even though he doesn't really play preseason games. I don't know where he got that privilege. But um, Jalen Everybody's Hurts, got that privilege. <laughs> well, you know, according to the new CBA, starters don't, starters are exempt from playing preseason games at, on any stretch, right? So, <laughs> Well, the Eagles CBA, not <laughs> The Eagles have their own collective yeah. bargaining agreement at this point, right? So uh, let's try, you know, let's push the conversation a little forward. Um, let's talk about uh, some, you know, some injuries, Uh Milton Williams, Grant Calcaterra, those are some of the first injuries we've heard of thus far uh, in training camp uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, can you shed some light on both of those guys, uh, starting with uh, uh, Milton Williams? <clears throat> yeah, Milton was out with an elbow injury, so we don't know the severity of it. But um, uh, you don't, the Eagles actually, you don't, you don't have to report injuries this time of year. The Eagles do a good job letting us know why players are not practicing, um, but they're not generally going to get into the severity of potential injuries. So we'll have to keep an eye out and see how Milton is progressing. Grant Calcaterra has actually been one of the bright spots of the offense in that he's at least made a couple catches. And, you know, it's really important uh, for the Eagles to find a backup tight end to Dallas Goddard. And, you know, Grant has a chance to play, which you don't often say about six-round picks, but he actually made a catch today um, from Gardner Minshew. And as he was hauling it in, he grabbed the back of his leg. So uh, could have been a hamstring, could have been an ankle, uh, but he limped off very, very slowly, went into the trainer's tent and wasn't able to return to practice. It was late in practice anyway, but um, so my hunch is he's going to be out for 
Um, and we'll see what kind of injury, but he's going to be out for at least a best case scenario, probably a week or two. Um, he walked off on his own strength, correct? Yeah, he, he very slowly, but uh, limped to the uh, trainer's tent. But um, And the Eagles are going to be cautious, we know that. So anybody who has any kind of malady is going to be held out of practice. The problem there is he's a rookie, and you know, with rookies, you want to get them as many reps as possible. So it is going to affect uh, Grant Calcaterra. Right now they're installing the offense. So um, I think it was seven or eight practices. Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen used to install the offense last year. So we're just in the midst of that. Same thing defensively, Jonathan Gannon is just installing things. Um, and, you know, a rookie missing time is always a little bit more of a concern. Yeah, that affects uh, his standing. Uh, that leaves an opening for Jack Stoll. Uh, Tyree Jackson, I know he's on the pup list, but if Grant Kakatera can't you know, get right soon enough, Jack Stoll can probably catch him. You know, just based off what we're talking about, it seems like Grant Kakatera is, you know, in the lead right now for that backup tight end spot until uh, Tyree Jackson comes back healthy or even if Tyree Jackson can probably, you know, beat him out as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Jack Stoll and, and him are fighting for the same spot because they're different types of players. You know, Jack is a blocker, um, not much of a receiver. Grant's a receiver who's not much of a blocker. So, um, you know, the good thing for the Eagles is uh, Dallas can do both. So from that perspective, you can say, all right, what's what's our better option, you know? Is it better to go with Jack Stoll and have Dallas Goddard as the flex tight end? Or is it better to have Grant as the flex tight end and have Dallas Goddard as the inline tight end um, when you're in 12 personnel? And the answer to that might be none of our tight ends are good enough, so let's just play more 11 personnel, three receivers. So um, I think people kind of forget that. Like, and you know, the Eagles, if, if Quez Watkins is what fans think he is, you know, just play three receivers and, and play Goddard. Uh, any offensive line can block anybody. So I don't think that part of it's as big a, as big a concern. But the, the real issue is, and you never want to talk about injuries, but if Dallas Goddard gets injured, even if it's for a week or two, then you have some really big problems at tight end. There's very low depth there, very low depth. It limits you, right? You know, Dallas Goddard is our most complete tight end. He is probably the only complete tight end. Jack Stoll, the blocker, you know, more so uh, the guy you use in those heavy packages than uh, Grant Cacotera, a guy you can a, – a, a pass catcher, a, a more vertical tight end. Uh that, that won't bowl well for the Eagles if Dallas Goddard goes down. And Dallas Goddard has had injury history. Now, thus far, he's you know shown that he he can stay healthy. I think the only injury he dealt with the last season was uh, COVID, right? Yeah, but there's not a lot of uh, sort of old-school two-way tight ends. So not many these not, days. No. It's not George Kittle can do it. Uh, Dallas can do it. Um, Mark Andrews can do it. Um, most – Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts, those guys are flex tight ends. They're not going to block anybody. 
or you know, if they do, they're just getting in somebody's way. A Darren Waller um, type as well, flex more. Yeah, so. Darren Waller was a receiver before he moved to tight end, so um, right. he's not a blocker. Um, so there's not a lot of inline tight ends who are great receivers as well. Um, so that part is not rare. Um, you either have a you know, there's certain guys who block and there's certain guys who catch and you kind of mix and match, but it is a concern. I, I, you know, doesn't matter who you want to talk about. You can talk about the quarterback. You can talk about all pros like Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, um, on and on and on, no matter what player you want to talk about. To me, the biggest drop off if the Eagles were to lose that player is Dallas Goddard to his backup. It's the biggest drop off on the entire team. Well, let me ask you this. If AJ Brown goes down, I mean, that's a pretty big drop off, right? I mean, now we go back to what we had last season. Uh, I know you brought up the wide receiver position. Um, I'm curious to know how these other guys are performing. Uh, is, Quez, is Quez Watkins uh, start, I'm making some splash plays? Uh, Jalen Rigger, Greg Ward, uh, Britton Covey, you know, those guys are going to, those guys are going to be competing for the, three, four, five spots, um, I, you know, and Zach Pascal, right? I believe today was his first day practicing at the best and back, bouncing back COVID. So no, Zach's still out. He, he didn't oh, Zach's have still COVID. Out. Um, he had food poisoning. Food poisoning. My so, apologies. Fletcher had COVID yeah. and, and Kelsey. Yeah. Fletcher and Kelsey were back uh, in team drills. First time first taking time. 11, 11, right? Yeah. Um, so Zach is still out recovering from, uh, the food poisoning. Quez's uh, challenge made some plays. Uh, Rigor, right? Yeah, against the second team cornerbacks. When they put him against Bradbury, it did not work out well. Um, so, so we're seeing his limitations then. We're seeing that, yeah. that you know, okay, definitely can't get it done against Bradbury, but everyone below Bradbury he's been sort of feasting yeah, on. So we're exactly. seeing his, his cap. Exactly. Have, how, um, often do, how often do you see such a hard – Hard stop for a player. Um, not that often. Um, I think because you know, I predicted before camp Jalen's going to have a great camp because Jalen Rager. I'm talking about, um, because he's going to be playing against second and third team cornerbacks, and he's a first round talent. He's just got more talent than they have, uh, but he doesn't have the competence to play with the big boys. Um, and that's been part of his issue. And when he goes out there against Bradbury or Rager or, excuse me, uh, Slay, um, you know, you got to be good. (laughs) You got to be good to deal with those guys. Um, And if you have a bad rep, you you can't take it with you. Um, And Jalen's one of those guys. We went through it with Nelson Aguilar as well. who probably takes some of those bad reps uh, and, and and carries them on his back instead of just, you know, letting the backpack go and going on to – we always talk about with corners, right? Same thing with receivers. Corners get beat all the time. It's the nature of the position, nature of the game. I was just talking about the competence. You have to have competence. The one thing I loved about Jalen Mills – you know, fans hated when he would do this. I I thought it was great. I said, he, <laughs> he doesn't know he shouldn't be doing that because he's got so much confidence in himself 
and that's what you need at the cornerback position. It's not as pronounced that wide receiver, but it's the same type of sentiment. All right, if 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 Bradbury locks you down, like he locked down AJ Brown twice today in one on ones, it's not going to affect AJ Brown. All right, he said. All right, a good player got me on a one on one in training camp on July thirtieth. AJ <laughs> Brown's going to say, "Who gives a you know what?" You know, it's not going to affect him at all. Uh, Devontae Smith's that way as well. Jalen Rager's not that way. He's got to be that way, but he's not that way. But you would think surrounding him, and we're going to uh, begin to close the show out soon, uh, but don't you think being around guys like a Devontae Smith uh, and A.J. Brown, guys who are essentially some of the best at their craft, you would think that would help a guy like Jalen Rager grow his confidence or – depending on the type of person he is, his character, maybe being around guys that that confident or that talented can diminish his confidence. You know, it, it, you know, it, it works both ways. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, you know, he's got the talent to play in this league. I know people don't believe that, but he does. And, you know, you can go on YouTube and watch his one-handed catch from last year's training camp. I'm sure everybody has seen it. Um He's got the talent to play in this league, but a lot of people have the talent to play in this league. And uh, competence is a bigger thing than people realize. Absolutely. And uh, this is going to be uh, our, our final topic. I really want to ask you about Nick Sirianni's response to the Miles Sanders situation with him not being uh, the number one guy in yesterday's training camp. And I believe he took uh, first team reps today, but uh, I'm curious to know, what was your assessment of Nick Sirianni's response to the questions when it came to Miles Sanders standing uh, in, in the running back room? <laughs> it was kind of funny because um, the first play um, of team drills today was probably the best offensive play. And they got the football to Miles and he broke one, you know, which training camp, there's no tackling, but um, he broke it and went, 70 yards for what would have been a touchdown. Um, who knows how it would have broken out if there was an opportunity to be more physical, but um, was on the side field. Um, I was there with a bunch of other reporters, and Nick screamed, Miles is with the ones. Miles is a starter. Um, so he was having a little bit of fun with it. Um, look, and my, my buddy Zach Berman was the one, I think, who wrote the story. We all knew. He, he, he took some second-team reps. I think I wrote it on Jacob Sports uh, on Friday. I don't recall him taking second-team reps last year. So I don't blame Zach Berman for bringing it up. It, 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 I don't recall him taking a second-team rep. Now, Nick was saying he did. Nick would know better than me. Nick charts these things. Um, he said they just rotate. But he made it very clear today, both in his press conference and when he was having fun with us on the sidelines, Miles Sanders is the starting running back. And as I just put on Twitter, look, I don't care if you're a Kenny Gainwell fan. I mean, he is by far the best running back on the Eagles. That doesn't mean he's Jonathan Taylor. 
doesn't mean he's Nick Chubb. It doesn't mean he's Derrick Henry. doesn't mean he's Dalvin Cook. But on this team, he's way better than Kenny Gainwell. He's way better than Boston Scott. And the Eagles know that. The Eagles know that. Now, is Kenny a better receiver? Yes. That's why Kenny Gainwell will play on third downs and will play in the hurry-up. But as far as a runner, Kenny Gainwell and, and Boston Scott are not even in Miles Sanders' league. <laughs> and Nick Sirianni knows that. Yeah, a, a guy like Miles Sanders, you see the talent. Um, I, I feel that Miles Sanders has top 10 talent, but he can't stay healthy. He has limitations in a passing game, and that's where the NFL is. Running backs have to be as as dangerous in the passing game as they are in the running game. And Miles Sanders has moments where he dances a bit too much, is too much uh, east and west and not enough north and south. So Yeah, if, he does. He's got, uh, you know, all players have balls. He's got balls. He, of course, he dances yeah. too much. There's some ball security issues. Um, you know, he ran out of bounds on in the four-minute offense. I could go on and on and on. And if you get me Nick Chubb tomorrow, I'll say, yeah, all right, let's go with Nick Chubb. If you get me Dalvin Cook, yeah, okay, I'll play Dalvin Cook. If it's Miles Sanders versus Kenny Gainwell, uh-uh, I'm going Miles Sanders. If it's Miles Sanders versus Boston Scott, stop it. Stop the nonsense. I'm going Miles Sanders. Yeah, I can't blame you. But, yeah, John, you know, we're going to close this show out. Um a good day at training camp uh, today for the defense. Offense clearly has a lot of improvements to make. Um, but again, you guys, it's really just training camp uh, that they don't even have the pads on, and uh, you know they're they're getting they're getting a lot of situational work done, a lot of installs. So nothing for Eagles fans to really fret about. Uh, you know, you guys don't have to always go at John McMullen. We see you guys. Uh, you guys are always trying to put John McMullen on the chopping block because he's just reporting what he sees. And I don't think he's the only one that sees, you know, the clear, uh, the clear flaws uh, on the team. But again, it's training camp. You know, no one's putting, you know, I mean, you have some people who like to jump out the window, right? But yeah, uh, John's style is more so straight down the middle. Uh, half glass, empty kind of guy. And I think you guys can appreciate that because he's going to call it fairly. He's going to call how he sees it. Uh, and I have I, I have nothing but respect for, you know, that style of reporting. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. People, some people like smoke blown up there. You know what? So, <laughs> um, you know, but it's funny because, you know, they'll yell at you for criticizing player they want to do well. For a player they've kind of given up on, and a lot of people have given up on Miles, they'll criticize you for pointing out he's not as bad as they might think he is. Right. And Miles is one of the most interesting people to me because I'm the one who said after his rookie season, I never got so much hate tone when people would say, Oh, he's better than Dalvin Cook. He's better than Christian McCaffrey. And I would laugh at those, but and I go, settle down. He's got a long way to go. He's let a him, good player. Let him get past the rookie contract at least. Yeah, he's a he's a good player, and now good's not good enough, John. Don't you get it? Calling yeah. a player good, calling a player top ten is not good enough. They have to be number one. And now, see, I get no apologies for saying you know Miles has never lived up to that because he's not 
Nick Chubb. He's not Dalvin Cook. He's not Jonathan Taylor. Um, but what he is is a good football player. Not a great football player, but a good football player. And now people say, oh, he's terrible. we got to get rid of him. Well, if you get rid of Miles Sanders, you're not going to be as good because he's the best running back you have. Are you better with him or are you better without him? People, people have to ask themselves that question. Now, I think we all know the straightforward answer to that. But, John, once again, another great show. Um, great coverage of day three uh, of Eagles training camp. And, you know, we have a lot more to discuss. Uh, make sure you guys are here uh, on Monday as well. Uh, we're going to be here at 7 p.m. Eastern time to give you guys more coverage. Uh, day four uh, of open practice, of open training camp. And also make sure you guys are liking the content. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel as well, Jacob Sports. And make sure you guys check out John McMullen's writing on jkibsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. On top of that, let's give a shout out to our one of our biggest sponsors, uh, Oceans Casino Resort. Uh, those guys are located in Atlantic City and by far the best casino and resort in the Atlantic City area. Probably one of the best uh, casino resorts on the East Coast and you know, I put that on everything. I had one of my, I had a great experience there. Great food, great energy, and just a, just all all around great ambiance and great vibes. Also, make sure you guys, while you're there, for all your sports betting needs, go check out the gallery at Ocean Casinos Resort. You can place your bets there. You can get some good drinks there, some good food. You can watch all the games. Any kind of vibe you need, Ocean Casino will provide it. So. Also, shout out to the Jacob Sports Post Game Show that will be located at the gallery. Um, every post game, every every single time we play, every time the Philadelphia Eagles play, you're going to see Seth Jordan, you're going to see Devin Caney, you're going to see Mike Messinelli, Derek Gunn at the gallery at Ocean's Casino Resort. So make sure you guys go check that out. On top of that, go check out Chalk It Up Sports, where no matter if we win or if we lose, we just got charged to the game. That is uh, my show that I do, and I give you guys a lot of content on there. And again, don't try to read too much into what you're hearing or seeing these days. It's be, be perceptive, but don't be gullible. You know, things are, you know, starting to roll themselves out. Things are, are starting to, you know, become clearer and things are going to become more clear as the season uh, approaches. And we're going to find out what this team is, who they are, how good they are come week one leading into about week, going, going into that bye week. And I think by the bye week, we're going to know a lot about this team. So um, any final thoughts, John, before we get out of here? Um. Off day for the Eagles tomorrow, and then, as you mentioned, we'll pick up Monday uh, for day four uh, of open practice, and uh, we're getting closer to pads coming on, and I again, when the pads come on, I think the offense gets better because I think that means the offensive line has a chance to really get in the mix, and the, the, the strongest part of the build-up Eagles is – the offensive line and they will show up when the pads come on. Absolutely. And you guys, you were tuned into your edition, a Saturday edition of football 24 seven with John McMullen. I'm Tone DeShields the second, the producer for Jacob sports and the host of chalk it up sports where no matter if we win or if we lose, we just got to charge it to the game. One love, stay humble, stay healthy. And most importantly, stay hungry and make sure you guys stay locked on Jacob sports, YouTube channel. One love and take care of you guys. 